Okay, B'Siyata Deshmaya, first of all, it's a tremendous joy for myself and for all of us to have my father, Shlita, with us, all the way from New York. Um, it's, it's beautiful that we have the opportunity to share Simcha Smachot together um, with family and with, with friends who are like family and then family who are like friends. And Be'ezus Hashem, we look forward to sharing many, many, many Simchas together um, in, the, in the months and the years to come, hopefully in Yerushalayim. Much better than here, but, um, but we should share some together. So let's jump in. Um, tonight's a, an extra special night because we are embarking on our study of the final stands of Anabakayach. This is a journey that we've taken for weeks and weeks and weeks, months, right, at this point, many months, maybe even, um, where we've gone painstakingly through every word of Anabakayach, every stanza, a couple of sheer and per stanza, and got down to the real, real depth of what these words have to say. And one of the elements that we've discovered as we're learning is that the seven stanzas are Kanega, the seven lower Midas. And we tried a little bit, I don't think every single stanza we analyzed its connection to the Midas per se, but generally speaking, we went from Chesed to Gvura, Gvura to Tiferes, Tiferes to, to Netzach, Netzach to Hoid, Hoid to Yesaid. And finally, as we enter the final stanza, it's the aspect of Malchus, which is the culmination, it's the point. Everything has been leading to this. And the stanza of Shavasenu Kabel, you should listen to our Shava, which is a terminology of prayer. We're going to learn tonight very deeply what exactly it embodies and what, how is this Lashon of Tfila different from other Lashonos. We're going to get into that. Yodea Talumas, the knower of mysteries. So, in some way, the same way that Malchus, which we talked about in an earlier Shiur, and the aspect of the Levana of the moon that reflects all the other energies, all the other Midas that come upon it from beyond, this final stanza in a certain way is like the encapsulation of everything that we've learned until this point. And it's a, it's a big thing because we come to a culmination. I, I, I may have mentioned in the past, um, I, I think Rabbi Yaakov Mershachter Shlita brings in one of his Sfarim that. So the Samach Mem, right, which I don't like to say the whole name of it, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, the name of the Satan, uh, he says his Rosh is for Siem Mesechtas Ein Lasais. So that's Samach Mem. Siem Mesechtas Samach Mem Aleph Lamed Ein Lasais. And he explains that the Yitzhar has no problem with us starting a million things. just doesn't want you to finish it. Doesn't doesn't care. The beginning of Dafio, you know, the beginning of every new cycle, everybody jumps in and it's fine. But to come to a, to, a, to a completion of an idiot, that's a big deal. And, uh, and that's what we're beginning to, to finish this segment, and then we'll move on to Intel Chadaidi uh, in the weeks ahead. So let's jump in. We take a look at Rav Ruben Sassom, and he says like this, Kan magiyam anu We come now to the chasima shel tefillah al yonazu, to this incredibly elevated, lofty tefillah. Hey, brother, great to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Wow, thank you. Here, come swing around. You can take, um, yeah, shoot. Beautiful, it's so wonderful to see you. Eretz Yisrael, the Ga'ar. So, Kan Magim Anu Lechaisam Shaltfil Al Yainazu. Now we come to the, hey, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much. Here, some sources. Kan Magim Anu Lechaisam Shaltfil Al Yainazu. We are now getting to the Chasima. To the end of this incredibly elevated tefillah, HaPasuk HaShvi'i. Hey, thanks for coming. Great to see you. Hi, thank you so much for coming. HaPasuk HaShvi'i, we come to the seventh stanza of Anabakoyach. HaMachuvan Kenege Shabbos Kodesh. 
we left out the most important element. Right, we're learning about Shabbos, and Anabakayach is the centerpiece, or a centerpiece, in Shabbos Kaidesh. So wonderful to see you. Thanks for coming. Here we have source sheets. You can grab one. And so this final stanza, if there are seven, of course, is going to itself be connected, be corresponding to, to Shabbos. Keneged Shabbos Kodesh, Keneged Midas Malchusa Yisbarach Shemai is the aspect of the Midah of Malchus, the final, final revelation of divinity in the world. The Pasuk Zerim of Akshim, and in this Pasuk we're davening Shetaskab Latila Seinim Veshavas Seinim Lufnei Hashem Yisbarach, because the whole Anabekoach is a prayer. We've been learning very deeply the whole series for a few weeks, a few months. We've been learning the Tefillah of Anabekoach. The whole thing is a Tefillah. And the end of this tefillah, which is the culmination of the tefillah, in the same way that Shabbos isn't the end of the week, it's the, it's the pinnacle of the week, it's the culmination of the week, is itself a tefillah within a tefillah. It's a tefillah that Hashem should be mekabel our tefillah, right? So really, in a certain sense, because this is the way it is in the Midos very deeply, the tefillah was already done by Yachid Geila Amchapanei, that was connected in the Midah of Yisod. And just like in the Midos, all of the original Midos, that each one contributes its own energy, finishes at Yisod and Malchus, like the moon, which has no light of its own, is a reflective receptacle of all the other lights. So when we come down to the Midah of Malchus, right, in a tefillah, it can't have its own. It doesn't say something unique. So what does it say? It, it davins for the fulfillment of everything that was said until that point. Right. So that... Seventh stanza is mamish reflective of the spiritual energy of this midah, uh, which it represents. Very deep. So we're asking that our tefillah should be accepted. Now it's certain. This tefillah, which is the pinnacle of prayer, is reflective of the very first tefillah that Am Yisrael ever davened. A tefillah mu'umka deliba. A tefillah from the deepest depth of the heart. As they were still suffering from the burden of Egypt, from the Egyptian servitude. And the Pasuk tells us in the beginning of Shemais, It was in those many days, and of course if we're keeping track, it's not simply that there were many days that Am Yisrael suffered. Everybody knows based on what we've learned in the previous stanzas, that Am Yisrael is connected to the Midah of Achdos. Right? Remember we spoke very early on. We spoke about HaKadosh Baruch Hu guarding us. Um, what was the beginning of... of, of, of um, what we learned then is that Am Yisrael are seeking unity. What's, what's, what does it mean, unity? It means we live life in a realm of multiplicity, of disparity. Different people, different moments in time, different circumstances, different elements that come together to form life. And what it means that we believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one means that we can find the imprint of Hashem's unity within creation. That's what it means. We are a nation that seeks unity. Kivava Shamrim. We learned earlier, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should guard us like the eyelid guards the pupil. What's the job of the eye? Is to take in a whole plethora of different elements, visual elements, and seize it as one picture. So you say, Hashem, the eye is so precious. It's trying to unify things. Guard us. Guard us, because we're the nation that was instituted. You, were, you weren't here at that, at that point? So, very beautiful. Right? So, guard us. And that's the, the meat of Chachma. We got very deeply into it, which is connected to seeing. Ezu Chacham, Haroya Esanoilad. Am Yisrael is a nation that unifies things. So, look back in the Pasuk. It isn't simply that there were many days during which the Mitzrayim um, pained and enslaved the Jewish nation. It's that this is 
the essence of what it means for a Jew to be enslaved is by yamim harabim hahem. means to live a life of rabim, many. Manyness is fundamentally antithetical to the monotheistic perspective of Am Yisrael. If a Jew is scattered, fragmented, there's nothing worse because we're supposed to be a nation that's connected to seeing the unity of everything, meaning having Yishav Hadas. Remember what David HaMelech says in Tehillim, which really captures the whole spirit of what Am Yisrael are trying to access so much so that the Shulchan Aruch brings it right in the beginning of the whole Shulchan Aruch, which has like 13,000 prakim or something like this, in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch, which means the premise of Shulchan Aruch, that's why it's in the beginning, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. I have placed Hashem before me always. Says the Ma'arinayim of Chernobyl, what does Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid mean? Not simply that I have placed God before me always, but that the word Negdi, thanks so much for coming, the word Negdi, means, in a certain sense, an opponent, like a misnaged, right? It means something is, who's neged something else, whatever it is. We're not talking about specific. Right? But to be a misnaged to something means to be opposed to it. Says Davra Malach Hashem, I'm so bound up with your unity that I have placed as equal Yudke Vavke, which is chesed, those things that are going my way, lenegdi, to those things that are not going my way, those things that are opposing me, yeah, Tamid. They're both. David Amalek says the same thing, right? The Gemara tells us, based on other Pesukim and Tehillim, Ba'ashem ahalal davar yudkevavke be'elokim ahalal davar chesed u'mishpat ashira, different Pesukim that show that David Amalek was a person, he's takamidas ha'malchus, that encompasses everything, unifies everything. So the servitude of Am Yisrael is vayihi bayamim harabim haheim. Of course, rabim is also Rosh Tevis, the famous B'nai Saskar, which we taught over, 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 Hanukkah, over Hanukkah. Rabim is Rosh Tevis, the four galuyas, Romi, Bavel, Yavan, and Madai. Right? The four galuyas, which are all splintered off of the letter Dalid. That's really supposed to be connected to the Ches. And then the Aleph of the word Echad, but when it gets separated and the word echad itself splinters apart, that dalid that's part of a greater element of unity splinters into four disparate elements and becomes the four exiles that again, as Rabbi Nachman explains in Lukutumran Torah Nun, Rabbi Nachman explains over there that it isn't simply that we're in exile and we feel pain. Says the Rebbe, if a person was living with Geula consciousness, Mamish Geula consciousness, so much so that subjectively he was finding Hashem in everything like David HaMelech was, no matter what kind of pain he went through, he'd be able to be sovelit. Because Emunah, really living with Emunah Be'emes, Yishavadas Be'emes, unified, not fragmentation, essentially chilling, Mamish chilling in life, that's Emunah, we'd be okay. So what's the pain of exile? It's that being in exile causes us to, to forget how to live in such a way. Then we feel the tsar of exile. That's what Rabbi Nachman says. That. So it's a two-stage process. So, And a king arose, Parai arose over Egypt, and Am Yisrael were, were sighing, Am Yisrael were groaning over the, the tremendous amount of labor that they, need to, that they needed to accomplish, and they cried out to Hashem, and this is the first time that this word shows up in this context, Vata'al Shav'asam, and their cry, their prayer, arose to Hashem min that was fostered by the circumstances of their difficult labor. So he says, 
There are two elements of prayer that we find in this context. Vayizaku, which means that they called out, they screamed. And then Vatal Shavasa. Yeshkan Za'aka. We find that there's a there's a cry, Shihiat Za'aka. And then there's this interesting thing, Vayeshkan Shav'a. What does that mean? What what is Shav'a? What, what does this mean, this kind of prayer? What does it connote? And this is the aspect of Shava Senu Kabel. So it's literally reflective of the very first prayer that we find the nation of Am Yisrael crying out to Hakadosh Baruch. We find these two elements. Shava Senu Kabel is the aspect of Atal Shav Asam, and Hashmat Sakasenu is Vayizak. So this final stanza of Anavikach is reflecting the two elements of the initial Tefillah of Am Yisrael. Yeah. yeah, he's putting them together. He's putting them together. Labdafka, but he's putting them together. Okay, and he's gonna he's gonna speak about that, but that'll be like two weeks from now. We'll get Grammatically, Zayn and Sadiq can be connected. Yeah, the question is whether of Shimshim Pincus. Um, which is really, you know, as Sefer Shara Matfila puts it as two separate. It is two separate things, yeah. By Yitzhaku al Hashem, by Yitzhaku, yeah. Lachaira, there is a distinction. He. Yeah, yeah. I know we had our resident of Pinkus see it here. So. <laughs> okay, so we'll, ha- we'll have to we'll have to see how he develops that. Okay, we'll have to see, but he, he's he's uh, he's connecting them. It's a, it's a paraphrase of Pasi Shayo. This Tfila Mam shakes the threshold like a Saft Elis, right? And it goes to the highest, highest height. Remember, it wasn't Stama Tfila that he dabbed in. This Tfila was the catalyst for the whole Gula. Very powerful stuff to understand what is Za'aka and what is Shava. And really, what does it mean every Friday night? When before L'chadaydi, we mumble these words very quickly, <laughs> which is very powerful. Because Shabbos is a taste of the world to come. Shabbos is an element of Geula. How is it that in those moments we can do our part to shake the heavens, to bring down the energy of Geula? We're going to learn this very deeply. Which we know Mitzrayim is not just the Egyptian exile, but it's... The Medrash says all the exiles are called Mitzrayim al Shem Shem Mitzayrim Yisrael. So, what is this tefillah? What does it mean? Tefillah zu havayasa es nikudas hapsicha shalagula nafla shem Mitzrayim. This tefillah was the key that opened up the whole process of the gula kafi. Shematur miyad acharei, as is described in the pesukim that follow immediately. Beskalas Hashem lo Moshe Rabbeinu. Right after this, Hashem reveals Himself to Moshe. Pemamar hasne with the burning bush. Betzavasa yosai and commands him laleches lahoitzias Yisrael mitzrayim to go and to redeem the nation from Mitzrayim. Kach. So we see very clearly that tefillah zu bakarikim that this prayer broke through all the barriers of heaven. Va'ol salamala and rose to the highest place. Kachasa b'tayra, as the pasuk literally tells us, va'yishma alikim esna akasa, which I'm sure Pinkus you know develops as its own thing. Enka right is is, is another lashon of tefillah. Va'yizker alikim as brisa as avram as yisrak ves yakov. This was enough to bring back, like we learned last week. Hakadosh Baruch doesn't need to remember anything. Right, Hashem's malav and asman. Only for us, remembering means that we live in the present. Present and we remember the past. God doesn't have a present or a past. So what did we learn? Who remembers what we learned last week? What Zikaron means? Klap Hashem. What's deeper ingrained within? Giloy. He's taking and giloy. Right, giloy. It means bringing something to the forefront. And so, 
this, like whatever this means, this activated the Zechosim of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and they flowed forth. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw the Bnei Yisrael, Vayyedalikim, so the Noiz Desha, Avni Bnezo, the father of the Shemishmo, says Vayyedalikim means that he, not just he knew, Hashem knows already. What does it mean he knew? It's a deep tire, I'm not going to go into the whole thing now, but it means that, like Miloshim Das, like Vayyeda Adam Eschave Ishtai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu embraced Am Yisrael in the deepest, most intimate way. Vayyedalikim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu bound himself with Am Yisrael. So in Cain, it turns out that that this verse, right, this little phrase at the end of Anabekayach, which is Kenegad Midas Malchus, is a little bit of, of, of a portal to that first prayer. Which includes these two aspects of Tsaaka and Shava. So before anything else, we have to first learn what these two things mean. What does Shava mean? And what does Tsaaka mean? Certainly both of them are relevant to feeling pained because that's the context that they, that they, that they arose in. When Am Yisrael are, are, are carrying the, the most difficult burdens and Am Yisrael have a broken heart. From that, we turn to HaKadosh Baruch, like Rav Hutner famously wrote, that it's not that prayer gets us out of trouble, but it's trouble gets us into prayer. Right? So we see that over here, this trouble was meant to get them into this hyper-specific kind of prayer. So there are many types of prayer, many different Lashaynas, of Shava and Sa'aka. And if we're keeping track from the very beginning what was the first shear that we had on Anabakayach? Some of the Chavar, I think, were here for it. We learned that the Shem Membez is connected to the Midah of. The Midah of Gvura. Remember, it's the Shem of Gvura. Membez is Rashatev, is Maisa Bereshis. The whole thing is Shem Alikim, as opposed to the Shem Ayin Bez, which is the Midah of Chesed that arises out of the Psukim of Kriyas Yamsev, which is boundary shattering, right? And that's Chesed. It cannot be held within any boundary. But the Shem Membez is. His limitation is Kavura. And so this whole tefillah is, if, right, and each pasuk in a different way is grappling with the difficulty that a human being experiences when he bumps up again against limitation of one kind or another. And, and every verse deals with our matzav as a nation in this world, dealing with this kind of challenge and that kind of challenge. Tatar Tzurura is the first one. Hashem rip away all boundaries. And then the second one, Rina, we, we have so much piled on top of our holy spark. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, look beyond it, find the song, help us connect to the holy avodah of song like we learned to help us reawaken that essence. And that's where Shadiva Kara Satan, it all deals with the reality of there being concealment and somehow we want to rise above, somehow we want to break past the limitations. We, the whole tefillah is a, is a tefillah of kvura. So, so isn't it fitting that the tefillah of Anabakayach would culminate in a pasuk that is connected to Am Yisrael's initial tefillah in the kvura of the kvura, the Galas Mitzrayim. Makes sense. They're dealing with the most constricted constriction there is. Literally. A Galas that's called Mitzrayim, Milashen, Tsar. Narrow. Constriction. Kotzer Ruach short, 
There's no room. There's no air. So as the MS he said called Tfilos Ana Bekach Hamoshe like we already explained earlier on, this is the whole thing of the Tfilah. Shubachinas ilui hanevraim imatzavam hayored lamata. All creatures and creations that exist within the lower reality of the realm of limitation, the capacity to rise above. Beside Midas HaGvura that we said is a fire. It's what compels everything to grow. It's rooted deep, deep, deep into the, into the kishkas of existence. And it pushes everything because there's something that's compelling all of creation to move forward. We do not settle. We cannot settle. We cannot move back. We can only move forward. This is the concept of tshuva. On the Gurf Cook writes, that the, the spirit of tshuva sits at the heart of creation, moving everything closer to its source. That's the Indian of fire. Fire is gvura. Mayim is chesed. It's a different thing. That's a different thing. But the world is on, is on fire. That's why Avram Avinu, when he sees a godless world, he sees a bira dalakas, or he sees a palace that's on fire. It means Avram Avinu is able to see the true nature of reality, and that's what he was confounded by. Not a world falling apart, but a world coming together. And he said, whoa, like, what's this all about? Miabala bira. A world coming together. A world filled with the energy of Gvura that compels everything toward oneness and unity and growth and togetherness and elevation. Deep. Deep. There's got to be someone who's, who's, who's presiding over this process. That's experienced by the human being when we live within this lowly, complicated realm of this worldliness. Take us out of darkness. By the way, we're going to learn about Amalek in a few minutes. And Hashem should bring us the tremendous light of holiness and greatness, elevation. This is the whole thing of Hasi. Now, in the seventh stanza, the Tfila has reached its pinnacle, its quintessence. This is it, This is it. Now, in this stanza, we get into the deepest, deepest heart, the Nekudas Halev of the Tefillah. The, the heart that's yearning and that's moved with a stormy, stormy sense of longing. Poina that turns. And supplicates to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Umala bebechinas, Umale rather, bebechinas saako bebechinas shava. That place within our hearts that is always filled with this yearning. What does yearning connote? When does a person yearn when they don't have? When would a person not have Hakadosh Baruch Hu to such a degree that they need to yearn for him? When they're experiencing the limitation of being fundamentally distant in the sense of us living in a realm of limitation, which is literally the contrast to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is as the Ein Sof. When there's a gap between what we're experiencing and what our Neshamas want to be experiencing, when we feel the limitations of life, our own personal limitations, when we find ourselves unable to progress, unable to proceed, falling into the same traps of whatever it is, when we look at the world and we see evil, when we look at the world and we see lowliness, when we look at the world and we see brokenness, fragmentation. So this stanza is the Nukudas Halev, that's filled with the ultimate, ultimate yearning from the lowest and most limited of places for the ultimate, ultimate freedom.
at which point all that's left for us to do is that he should finally accept our tefillahs. I think I have to turn it. Um, what happened over here? I think I'm, I'm missing some words at the top. But okay, but it's, it's anyway, it's, it's part of the same thing. In Cain. This is what we're davening for. That a Kodesh Baruch should accept our Shava and hear our cries. And again, we need to first understand what does this mean? Shava umahiyatsaka. So he says like this, very, very deep. There are a couple of distinctions between them. Rashis. Hashava, what does Shava mean? Hubachinas kivoy vikisufin. It's the nakuda, the experience of longing and yearning for light, for for goodness, for sweetness. Meaning to say, when Am Yisrael are in a state of tragedy, a state of difficulty, darkness, but Hanashamais Shayachem Ala Arvala Kaidash. Deep inside, and we've learned this in many different ways throughout the series, every Jewish heart is always shayach, is always fundamentally bound up with holiness and light. And the neshamas know that this is not where we belong. Hey, makiros, hey, they recognize very well how sweet it is to have a relationship with the Master of Heaven and Earth. How futile it is to continue to invest in fleeting, selfish-oriented matters. that We know that we feel the most whole when we go beyond ourselves. Every Jew has that point within that's longing for closeness with God. So this means that because the neshamas, remember the neshama belongs to a realm that's already rectified. It's the body that comes down to a physical world that's filled with so much distortion. But the neshama, the neshama is a chelik kamimal. The neshama knows exactly what things should look like because the neshama is part of that realm. Even in the tokef, the depth of the darkness, and in that moment, rays of the sunlight of righteousness and charity and goodness are penetrating down deep into the darkness. The garmais and they cause the leva Yisraeli, the Jewish heart, lahargish ma'at, esa'arve esnayam akoidesh, were always plugged into a little bit of a taste or a zikaron, at the very least, of what life could look like, what life once looked like, what life should look like. And our gasha zoo, you know what this causes to us? Ma'oireres belave gagua atzum. Our hearts are filled with with an intense, intense level of yearning. Yearning is an incredibly deep human experience. Kisufim noiraim, awesome longing. El silas to the realm that's refined, to the realm that's atzili, that's transcendent, that's beyond. 
When all we want is just to break loose of the chains, when it becomes clear to us that everything that I think that I want, I don't actually want. And why do I keep slipping into this again? Why am I so stuck? This is not it. This is not it. And so what? He's a big tzaddik? He's not a big tzaddik. He's stuck up to his neck. But Gewalt, does he have a tzaddik inside of him that's in anguish? Even while he's experiencing, maybe on a physical level, pleasure after pleasure after pleasure, but there's an akudas halev that 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 feels like he's in exile, mamish like he's in exile. That nukudas halev is filled with gaguim, gaguim. The gaguazeh. Now this yearning b'shashu poyrts achutza betvila, and the moment where it bursts forth in prayer, hu hu hashava. This is what we call shava. It's the verbal expression of this essential nekudas hakedusha, this point of holiness inside of us. That's a revelation of our neshama in a pre-distorted state. Not that the neshama ever really gets fundamentally damaged, but it's the nekuda, the nekuda, the nekuda within Rabbi Nachman in his famous Torah, Reish Pei Beis, the Torah of Azamra, which I mentioned in the past, where he speaks about the importance of finding a nekuda tovo within ourselves, a point of holiness. So he has this thing, and Ramnasan goes very deeply into this in the Kut Halachas. He, he says, well, imagine if you find a point of holiness, because you remember one time you did a mitzvah, but then let's be honest, who says that that mitzvah was really, was really good? How many ulterior motives were there in there? Maybe it was for our ego. Maybe, you know, we had some other thing in mind that if I do this person a chesed, maybe they'll do a chesed back for me. Says Rebbe Nachman, cool. It's possible. Good. Look for the Nekuda Tova within the Nekuda Tova. Go as deeply as you need to. Find the essential drop of good. It's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. You know, the B'nai Saschar says, because the Pasuk says, There's no righteous person who only does good and never sins. Which is a pretty encouraging pasuk and a good thing to keep in mind to remember. The Gemara tells us numerous times the Torah wasn't given to angels, it was given to humans. Now, there were some trends within Hasidus, particularly Pshisch, that came down to Kotsk, which were very, very intensely discerning, right? And forced the Jew to question his motives again and again and again and again and again and again. Add you know, I wouldn't say nauseam, but but till, till a point of, of of maybe neurosis, I don't know, a neurotic experience where they had to cleanse their motivations a million times. The Kotzker was all about MS, 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 MS. Says the Bnei Saschar, which is a bit of a different approach, he says, let's be honest. Sure, that's an ideal. But the fundamental foundation of serving Hashem is that there is a being that is not Hashem that must serve Hashem. Meaning the human at the end of the day has a self. As much as we try to nullify it, at the end of the day, it, it's not God serving God. Maybe on the most ultimate level it is, but that's not how we experience it. We have a sense of self, and that's fine. And he says, that's what Shlomo Melech meant to tell us. Ein sadik ba'aretz asher toiv. There's no tzaddik that even when he does good, v'loyachte. That in the good, there's not a little bit of, of, of self, right? It's not two separate things. That there's no tzaddik who only does good and never does a sin. He says, no, they're connected. Ain tzaddik ba'aretz asher toiv. Then in doing all the good he does, that there's a little bit of selfhood mixed in. And that's fine. That, that's, that's okay. That's natural. That's natural. But ultimately, how do I get into that? What was I talking about? The Bnei Saschar? Huh? Oh, the, thank you. The Nakuda of the Nakuda of the Nakuda. There is a point 
And that's the point of Shava. Where, like, go as deep as you need to go and pull off as many layers of the onion until you get to the seed and the seed within the seed and the essence of the essence of the essence where it's mamish, like, like, like Am Yisrael says, and all of us have that point within us. We do, we do, we do, we do. And in this generation, I dare say, we're in touch with it very strongly. The yearning, the gagua, do you feel it? You feel the yearning is ad in sofa in tachlis in our generation, specifically because of of of, of how much galus there is. Begashmis baruchnis. There's a gagua today. I deal with teenagers a lot. I'm telling you to know a little bit how to speak to them. Right? You'll agree. There's a gagua that the, the kids are yearning. They they're yearning. They're yearning. There's mamish a gagua. Because today everybody's experienced everything that, that's not what our neshama needs. One madrig or another. So we, we've been there, done that, in a sense. We're done, we're done. There's a kagua inside. Okay, we still have limitations. That's called shava. Let's read it again. When it finally manifests in Dibor, hu hu hashava. This is what shava means. Hashava hitnuah shel gagu imatsumim el hashlema salukis. It's when the neshama had enough of Mitzrayim. It's when the neshama has enough of ervas arts of koitzeruach. It's when the neshama has enough of being just in a in a state of anxiety and a state of being pressured and rushed and frenetic and. And, and filled with with self-doubt. It's when the neshama can't take it anymore. And it bursts forth in Shava. This is this is this is this kind of thing. We just want to be there already. We want to be home. Shava means the thirsting and the longing after Hashem. We're done with the nighttime. We're ready for Geula. We're mamish ready for Geula. We're ready for the dawn. The Kachmavar of Kuk Zatzal, and here of Kuk explains as Hashavah Bibiur the Tfilas and he puts it in very brief and succinct. Thank you. Very, very succinct and penetrating words. And he says, In the inner depth, of the neshama, oilihi hashava. In that realm, this experience of shava begins to arise. Because of this divine longing. From this awesome, earth-shattering thirst, for the light of the living and the true God. The, 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 the longing, the, the, for that light of beauty, for the glory and the splendor of the living life force within all of the worlds. Where does Shava come from? Notice there's so many different words in, in Lashon Kaddish for longing. Longing, yearning, pining, even in English, that's basically those three, pretty much, as far as I'm aware. You know, of another... Form. I'm always looking for more words because I have to translate all. <laughs> right, so longing, yearning, pining. That's that's basically it. Pining. pining. Yeah, it's not right. Exactly. Pining is. I already had to go digging for that one. But in in Hebrew, in Lashon Kodesh, 
Gagua. And there are even more. It's when the neshama deep, 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 deep under all the chains and the bonds of Mitzrayim, it's, it's, it's crying out. But, it, but again, it's not crying out for freedom. It, it's not crying out because it's in pain. It's crying out because it's yearning for the deepest, deepest light there is. Shava is, is mamish like a yearning until a person is going to faint away, pass out. In this exile today, 2024, we are longing and yearning for the light of the divine. For the effluence, for the incredible flow of holy life force. To finally quench our thirst. We want to be okay. We don't want to be laden with the burden of the pain of the world, the pain of our own lives, the pain of suffering. We want to just be okay. It's the ultimate turning toward the good. It's the sensing of there being a rectified possibility, like somewhere, the gagua ela and are longing for it. So certainly this is not going to be a very pleasant experience because again, yearning connotes lack. And the deeper the yearning, the more visceral the experience of the pain for which we are yearning to, to escape. And so it's, it's painful. It's mamish painful. It hurts. It's, it's painful. Uber, it's saying, what we mean to say, and this is so beautiful, Sometimes, and I, I can't tell you how many times I have this experience, I'm privileged enough that people come to talk to me from time to time, schmoozing with people, and and much of it is, is about guilt and about shame and about what they're struggling with and, and, and where they're holding and, and what they've done, etc., etc., etc. And the first thing I say all the time, the fr- mom is the first thing, is to, to recognize, do you know how much needs to be going right in your spiritual life? for you to care enough to feel pain over over what the things that you feel pain over like you're you're the, you're the the 99th percentile you're the you're the, you're the, the, the pinnacle of creation the top 1% of humanity that you even care about like like it like it still hurts you it bothers you you're not completely numb you're not completely frozen in the amalekian shill of despair where you you still yearn you still long what a holy thing what an incredibly fixed thing so this is what he says. He says the only people who are going to feel the pain of yearning are the people who are so connected in their neshama to the state of tikkun where it's so frustrating to them because it's so close to them, be'etzem. And that's where the frustration comes from. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. It's so easy. If only my neshama could be allowed to express its will, what it wants. If only I could, ha- like Rav Cook says in another place, in Midas Hariah, if only I could have enough mercy on myself to allow myself to live in the way that I know that I should be living. Ad Khan. Because I'm causing the pain to myself. If only. He says that's a good sign. It means your neshama is plugged into the, to the realm that's mitukan. Okay, there's what to fix, but like, hello. <laughs> there's, there's so much of the work that's already been done. Shabiglala, it's because of that who Margishes that he feels the distortion and he feels the blemish and the, and the corruption of his current situation. 
Orel Vitame, a person that's completely close over Lo Yargish Ke'ev Al Shiflusai, doesn't feel any pain over the lowliness Hamusaris, the ethical and the moral and the spiritual lowliness, but Maisev Amakukalim, he doesn't care, it doesn't bother him, he doesn't lose sleep over it at night, and he doesn't wake up in the morning feeling dirty. He's, he's beyond this. Because on some level, that person says Shama has already lost touch with the vision of a perfected world. So there's nothing to yearn for anymore. It's a very deep thing, But the contrast is Adam is a person who's essentially fundamentally good, which every single one of us certainly around this table are. And in whatever ways, what's that? Be, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Um, Adam Yes, who has fallen into a certain kind of lowliness. This is it's going to kill him. Such a person is not going to be able to to carry on for any length of time. And this is a situation we find today. Why are the teenagers so broken? It's a great thing. Mom is a great thing. It's beautiful because they're so in touch with how things should be that they they can't they can't handle it. What? How? How wonderful! How wonderful! Yes, they're all struggling. We're all struggling. Different levels, different matzavim. How wonderful it is that we're still so plugged into a matzav mitukan that we can't allow this to, to continue this way without feeling broken like this. The kolkachlama. Why is this? Because the inner recesses of our hearts, he's so close, he's not so distant, he's so close that it's so clear to him because of his proximity to it, what the Matzav HaMetukan should look like. It's so much insight. That to that degree, he feels uh, the, the starkness of the corruption, in the way that things are not the way they should be. But you first have to know how things should be, and then you feel the pain. And it fills this person with bitterness and pain. Therefore, it's the, it's the purity of one's heart. That causes to feel pain over the sin. And why it is that we can't manage it. And every time that we, whatever it is, a person slips, we can't allow the loophole to stay open. Everybody knows you. right away. You got to get another filter and you close it up because you can't allow yourself to be with it for too long. Because I can't, can't live this way because I'm killing myself. And I'm longing and I'm yearning to grow, to grow. It's the same thing with slavery. Human slavery. There's a famous, famous call from Rav Cook. He puts it in different words. A person whose nefesh is fundamentally like a nefesh of, of an evid, whatever that means. We know that Canaan was cursed to be avadim. That he was told he's going to be a servant of servants to his brothers. It doesn't, it doesn't bother him so much. Like he's, he's in a state of slavery, but he's a slave. So like, big deal. This is, it is what it is. But the Yargish Mechanek Vikoshi doesn't feel choked. Doesn't feel the difficulty. Like the Pasuk tells us, such a person is repeating to himself, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with this. I love my master. I'm not, not interested in going free. But the Umazois, in contrast to these, who, 
which I think might have been a very beautiful thing, that slavery became abolished, right? At least in the, the, the civilized world, it still exists in different forms throughout the world, but slowly but surely as we get to the Gula, freedom, freedom, freedom. Even people who for generations were slaves, generations and generations, something woke up in their heart where Mama Hashem gave them a new neshama from one day to the next. They said, Dayenu. Like, well, not in a positive way, but die. Right? It's like, why should, why? We're not okay with this. Maybe they were okay with it a hundred years earlier and nobody thought that we should break free. And I think it's emblematic of many of the ways that we're thinking. We're dreamers today. We absolutely must be dreamers. Why? Because we're so much closer to the vision of how things can look that it's got to hurt us all that much more. And, and we have to be free people thinking about freedom all the time. So a person who has in his heart a soul of freedom, a person's a prince, a person's a princess, can't handle shibud for that long. Is not, not going to appreciate any of our mitam from any of the, the treats um, that are causing the person to be subordinate. There's no, no reason. Because such a person's soul is demanding of it that he experience freedom and the expanse. It's going to hurt him until he breaks the chains of and experiences freedom. When a person feels the pain of falling and darkness, it is an effect of that inner sense that's still connected to the nakud of the nakud of the lave, that hidden inner inner recesses of the heart, which is still so pure and still so unaffected that it still has the, the clear vision of the way that things could, should, would, and will be. And the mela that's inside of us what causes us to feel the pain and what sends up yearning into our heart. We have to appreciate when a Jew feels like, I can't carry on this way anymore. It's a yamtiv of yamun toivim. When a person feels that it's a giloy of the ikur essence of your heart that again, isn't uh, like feeling so dirty. On the contrary, you see, it's the part of you that's still feeling so incredibly pure that it cannot be soival, the circumstance anymore. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. It's a moment to be celebrated. He bought me koyach hargashas, right? Hargashas hamatzav hamatukan mashalim lemaisa hatzaaka he inin hargashas hamachayv vhamatzok. So the tzaaka is the feeling of the pain that comes along with it. So you see, these two things go together because to the extent that a person feels that on a deep, deep subliminal, sub spiritual, subconscious level, a vision of the of the of the, of, of what it can look like when everything's good. And that's what causes the yearning, then by the very dint of the yearning, it deepens the tsar of the, of the, of the slavery. Because again, an Eved doesn't feel the tsar because the, the aspect of chofesh, of freedom, is not woken up inside of him yet. But to a person that the spirit of freedom starts to compel, I, I need to change. So to that degree, the slavery is that much more mechanic. And that's the tsa'aka. That, that, that wants to break free from the constraint. That's why these are two sides to one coin. Shava'a and Sa'aka. After the yearning, that's a result of that part of our neshama that's still awake, 
to how close we are and how clear it is, the vision of what life could look like when we live with Tveikos. So it brings into very sharp focus the sensation and the feeling of the pain of the given circumstance. And the heart is filled with a deep tzaak. Of Cook and of Cook explains further. Just like the person's neshama is is hollering out in its yearning for godel, for for the expanse, not to be enslaved, and for the light, not to sit any longer in darkness. To that degree, a person's going to feel the tsar, the pain, the pain, the pain. So the shava is like very gentle and delicate. It's the, it's the yearning, it's the longing for kedusha. <laughs> and the, and the tsaaka is the is the terrifying, uh, ear-splitting scream of the tsar, of the constraint. Let's finish. We'll just do a little bit more. Sha'a and shava. To turn... And to long. So another ten, another ten minutes, and then we'll we'll move into the singing. Kach. So again, the tsaaka comes from the screaming out of the pain. And again, the shava, this aspect of shava senu, comes from the feeling of the yearning. Like the pasigatil in this common uh, model that many many concepts follow this. This uh, construct, sur me ra is the aspect of tsaaka, and the asetai is the aspect of shava, right? Tsaaka and shava. Ube emes, inin shava haba, davka mikoyach haor, ramas be'etzma mila shava. Let's look deeper at this very interesting word, shin vav vav ayin he. Shekein noida besoyed elyoin. This is a very deep concept. It's known from the Arizal. Bebechina shava, this concept of shava. This kind of tefillah that's an expression of yearning. Hamorkeves is the conjugation of two different words, mehamila shin ayin and vav he. So when you put them together, that's spelled shava, shin ayin and vav he. Benoida, and it's known in Kabbalah, without getting into the whole depth of what exactly this is, shashin ayin, which is also called sha, husayd iris at And these are very, very, very elevated lights. It's called in Kabbalah Das Da'atik. Very, very lofty, lofty level. The Shah Nahirin, they're called. The 370 Nahirin elements of glow that are a very elevated spiritual revelation. Very lofty, very, very lofty. Keser, very, very lofty. The Shah Nahirin. And the reason why, I'm just going to tell you very, very briefly, just to think about it for a second. I don't want to get too complex with this point right now. But basically, um, the, we, we talk about the spheres, we've spoken before about the two aspects of the system of the spheres where we have the Midos, which are the lower seven, which on a Bekoach has seven stanzas connected these lower Midos, Chesed, Gvur, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoy, Yisoyed, and Malchus, and then what's called the Moichen, the first three, Kesar, Chachma, and Bina, or Chachma, Bina, and Das, right? The first three. Numbers, the Ramak speaks a lot about this, are very bound up with the spheres. Of course, the word sphera, you know, is lispar, it means to count, it means numbers. And the Ariya Kaddish and the other Mekubalim explain that when it comes to the lower seven midos, these are in the tens column. 
just like numbers that go from ones to tens and then tens to hundreds. So in the same way, if we're talking about two ascending levels of category, the midos of the lower seven are tens. And then when you move into the moich, and there's an aspect in which it moves into hundreds. So that's basically where you get sha, right? Because shin is 300. So that's kesar, chachma, and bina. That's each of them is in the hundreds category. That's 300. And then the tens is the lower seven becomes 70. Okay, that's that's... Uh, 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 one of the explanations of what the Shan Hirin, but it's very deep. It's also Gematria two times the Mili of Kel. I'm not getting into the whole thing right now, but it's it's a very very lofty, elevated, incredibly elevated spiritual Madriga that's beyond any constriction of any kind. Keser, it's everything, literally everything. And Vavhe, Vavhe is the exact opposite. Because those lights, is this lowly realm. Haram is beside Vavhe, which are hinted to in the letters Vav and He, as the Pasik says, Yismuchu Hashamayim, let the heavens rejoice. That's of course Rashid is Yud and He, and then Visagel Haaretz, right? And let the earth also exalt as Rashid Tevis Vav He. The Vav He is always a reference to the lower realms. Because the name Yud Kevavku, I've said this many times in the past, is the name of Havaya. It includes all of existence within it, including all four realms. And the first two letters is the spiritual, the higher spiritual realm. And then Vavhe is already a descent in some aspect down to the realm of limitation. We find There's another aspect. Which means to turn. We daven that Hashem should turn toward our tefillas. Means to turn. Right? That's what it means. To turn toward their prayers. Now focus, because these words are very, very similar. But they really mean two opposite things. This word, is Hashem accepting our tefillah. So the first time it shows up in the Torah that Hashem did not turn to Kayin and his his tribute, his mincha, his carbon. And what the Targum is, is loisvar apin. A Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't show his, his, his face. The Shana didn't didn't so he didn't turn his face. So what does it mean to be Mechabala Mincha, to be Mechabala Tefillah? To yet turn the face. That's the Bechina of Shana the ultimate revelation of these very lofty lights. But the contrast of this is Sha'ava, it's, it's not the turning of these very lofty lights down to the lower realms. It's us in the lower realms, you know, constricted down in the place of limitation, reaching upward. Supplicating up to Hashem. So he says in the in the deepest depth, it's mamish one thing. There's a beautiful yichud that takes place when we have this experience of Sha'ava, which means that we're awakening the She'e, we're awakening the Svar Anpin, the face of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that's again shining, that's the Shana Hayrin, these incredibly lofty spiritual lights, shining in the realm of freedom, 
We're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please, Master of Heaven and Earth, Sha'ava, bring the Sha'anahoyrin, Shin Ayin, 370. Bring those lights down into Vavhe. And when we do that, and this is a little bit deep and nuanced, listen carefully to these two things. When we do that, first of all, we awaken Zelu Umazeh, if we're turning to Hashem from the lowest of places, that causes Hashem to turn toward us from the very highest of places, but even deeper, and with this we'll, we'll come to an end for tonight, even deeper, you know, and we'll actually see the footnote and then we'll finish, even deeper, it turns out that the only reason that we were ever able in our situation of lowliness and constriction and constraint to find it within ourselves to turn to HaKadosh Baruch with yearning, means that his light was already was already in us in the first place. That these two things is, is really one. She'ei, Shava. It means that, again, there was a place inside of us that was already so connected to that realm of freedom that it couldn't handle the constraint, the constriction. This is very connected to what we learned last time when we learned about Zoich Kedusha Secha. Right? Yachid Geya. There is no nation. Remember, Yachid, there's nothing but. No, it's because Am Yisrael have that Yachid inside of them, so to speak. And that's, and that's what shows up all the way at the end, at the end, in the darkness of the constriction, which is the whole thing of Anabekayach, all about the Midav Gevura, all about the limitations of this world, but to find the Elukus within it and to bring it back up, to elevate it. So let's read the last few lines in the, in the footnote, and then if the Chaver can help, we just uh, have tablecloths and some food to bring in, and, and, and we'll sing, and we'll eat, and we'll... And hopefully we'll hear some tire from my father, Shlita, if he's still around. By then. Okay. Shin Ayin, like we said outside, is the Shanahirin. We already explained 370. Shame Orpe Melech. It's called the light of the face of Hashem. Nahirin means light. Right? Nahira. Nahira in Aramaic is, is light. Nahar. Nahar, right? Even means. <coughs> To flow, I think we said this in a previous year, right? River, we, we spoke, I think, earlier when we spoke about Nahar, Rina, right? And, and Nahira. Shame, Arpne Melech, Sagi Nahar, yeah, light. Or Shefatuva is Bar it's the ultimate light of a Baruch Hu's benevolence. Shereyas Hamelech, Va'anpoi, Nihir, Va'chayichin. It's when you see the face of the king shining. Lechyav, Kitre Tapuchin, it's called in the Zar Kadesh, the cheeks are red. Shanibagavan Sumak, like red. Marin Chedva, Va'chavivos, and he's filled with. With love, chavivas, benevolence, the karnayim may 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 av of a and karnim is it's like rays of goodness are shining out from it. Zessa shin ayin, such shifas hatoy b'miluyai. This is a reference to the goodness of a kodesh baruch Hu that's clear, that's shining. Beside beis shem is kel. So when you take the word kel, which is always chesed, because the pasuk says chesed kel kol hayoyim hakel hagadol agibar vanar gadol is kel. When you take Kel and you open it up with the Miluyim, so you spell it out Aleph, Lamed, Pei, and then the Lamed, Lamed, Mem, Dalit, and you put the Gematria of those letters together twice, Oilem Shah, Kenoida, that equals Shah's double portion of Kel, which is always Chesed. And this is shining like the essence of Hashem's Keser, His will to just love us like forever and ever and ever and ever. On the other hand, the Vavhe, 
is like we already said a little bit, is this lowly realm. And it's this realm where there's concealment and darkness. It's in a beautiful, we're learning this right now in Rosh Chodesh Adar as we begin the process of Mechias Amalek. Two months, a double portion. Two times Kel, right? The battle Amalek. Amalek, with all of Amalek's coldness, the krirus of Amalek, the mikra of Amalek, the suffolk of Amalek, the uh, cynicism of Amalek, the despair of Amalek, all of what Amalek means for you and me, because we all have a little bit of Amalek inside of us, which is the Iker thing to focus on, not to try to hunt, to see which nation, it, it's, it's in me, right? That, that's where it is, if you want to know, okay, if anybody can help me, it's, that's where it is, right? That's the Iker Amalek, as the Kedusha Slevi says to his comments on Parsha Zachar, he says very, very clearly there, Shenem boy, because it says about Amalek, Yad al ka. There's a hand that's swearing, so to speak, on the chair of God. Melchemes Hashem ba'amalek midar dar. The pasuk says over there at the end of Bishalach, there's a war that Hashem has against Amalek in every generation. Say Chazal, what a strange thing. What kind of word is this? Case, right? Kisei, it should say. It's missing a letter. It's missing the aleph and ka. Usually, it's, it's yud kevav ke. What ka? It's missing two letters. The vav and the hey. Say Chazal. Ein Hashem Shalem and Ein Akisei Shalem. The name of Hashem is incomplete, Kiviachal, which means that the letters Vav K are covered over, they're concealed. It's not clear to us that the lower realms also belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaShemayim Shemayim LaShem, that we see. But it's not son of an Adam. It seems like this is our domain. And that's the concept that the Gemara tells us because the, the other Pasik says, LaHashem HaArtsum Eloyah says the Gemara, it's a stira, Kan mi koidim lebracha, kan mi achra bracha, before we make the bracha, it's like this is our world. You make a bracha, give out. Or, no, the opposite, actually. <laughs> right? Because that's how we're calling it, it's so to speak. But ultimately, we're meant to come into this consciousness that this world, Mamash, belongs to Hashem, but we can't because of Amalek. That conceals it. It's not clear to us. V'hine, see, he said, Soyed vav hei, v'bechinas, Ah, because covers over. He says, "No, this world is just mikra. Come on, there's no nothing. Everything happens just happenstance. There's no meaning to anything. Postmodernism. That the vavhe is the revelation. Like, no, this world is part of God's name. It's mamish gilui velukus. Now the letters Yud and Hey, Amalek can't reach because that's clear divinity. It's incredibly lofty. But Hashem's revelation of the lower realms, Amalek can, can, can affect and impact. And what this will end, it's the longing In other words, to yearn of those who are stuck in the trenches of Olamazeh, which is me and you, what a privilege. Don't you think, Hashem, every day that you weren't created an angel? What a privilege. Do you think, Hashem, today that you weren't made a malach? So we could have been a malach, and like it would have been great. But like we are here. It's a pele. We were chosen to do this havaida. It's not simple. It's a big thing. So we in the trenches of Avke. Mitzias Hakodesh are yearning for the Mitzias Hakodesh Sheba Sata. We're yearning for the revelation of that light in the lower realms. Al Shefan Haras Tuviz Barach for the flow of God's light. So Shan Hoyrin for the Arpane Melachai and the Shin and the Ayin and the whole thing of of the face of the of the, of the King. Yearning 
for the ultimate revelation of Kodesh Baruch Hu's presence in this lowly realm on an individual and a, and a, and a national level. And with this, we begin to understand Shavasenu Kabel Ushma Tsaakasenu, to understand what it is when we come to the essence of a tefillah that's all about Gevura and about trying to access godliness from within the constraint. It's the pinnacle of the pinnacle of it. It's at, it's what, it's at the end when we need to dig deep into the deepest wellspring of that place inside of us, the Nukudataiva, inside the, the good point, in the good point, in the good point where we're still connected to that vision, that dream that Amalek can never touch. And we're saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're ready. Send down the light. Send down the light of the Shana Hayrin to illuminate the Vavke, that Sha'ava, Shin Ayin, Vavhe. Bring it down into the lower realm so that we can feel you and experience you and break out of Mitzrayim once and for all so we can make it back to the Eretz Toiva or Chava, to the land that's wide, to the land that's full of unity, Be'ezus Hashem. And there should be shalom ba'aretz and shalom in the whole world. We should only know good things and uh, continue to share simchas together. The bris, again, for those who don't know, will be Be'ezus Hashem Sunday at 11.30 at Jewish Futures Hall on 379. And Be'ezus Hashem, the bris of our son. Not following shachris. Not shachris. is, I mean, it depends when you have a shachris. <laughs> it may follow shachris, but there won't be a mini for shachris there. Okay.